Hello and welcome to another interview for my blog and podcast, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 comedians for the last 50 years. My guest today is the other comedy nerd. It's Mr. Mark DeQueno. Yeah! <laughs> Hello, Mike. How are you? Hello, mate. I'm great. How you been? I've done really well. I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm so pleased we can finally chat on the podcast because I keep bumping <laughs> into you at comedy nights and it's wonderful to chat comedy with you. So I'm looking forward to the next hour or so. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, the other comedy nerd, you've got a cheek. That's how I, re- <laughs> that's how I refer to you. <laughs> well, we, we, we love comedy so much. What's not to yeah. love? It's so good. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, uh, the first thing I want to ask you, you mm-hmm. have a wonderful podcast called uh, Comedy in a Nutshell, which I listen mm-hmm. to uh Every week, without fail, with you interviewing wonderful comics, um, mm. what do you want to achieve out of the podcast? Do you have a name for it? Why do you do it? Why do I do it? I just want someone to talk to. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it occurred to me, um, because I love comedy and you love comedy so much, I wondered if the people who, are, who do comedy feel the same way about it as, as I do, as we do. So what I've really talked, I've talked to people in the industry, but mostly comedians, and it's really to see whether they look look at comedy the same way that we do. Because once it's a job, you know, the perspective changes. So that's exactly it. So basically, I I, I want to know if they watch comedy still and if they see it in the same way, or if they can turn off the comedian in them um, and just enjoy it as an audience member, that sort of thing. And then what I say is. I want them to take all of their experiences, all of their learning, their career, all the subtle nuances of a lifetime of comedy, and then sum the whole lot up in like two, three sentences. <laughs> That's brilliant. I, 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 I am a million percent behind you because um, the reason I think why my blog and podcast work is my enthusiasm. It's not a job. It's yes. a passion for loving it and supporting them all. And I always remember um, when I first started, first had the idea for the blog, I had no idea. I didn't have a clue what a blog was. And my friend in Carlisle, she runs a business, and she said, this idea is crying, this thing is crying out for a blog. And I um, booked myself on a one-day writing course where um, uh, uh, everybody around me wanted to be reviewers. And and I said to the woman, I I said, I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a, a diarist. I'm not a reporter. I'm yeah. a member of the audience out to have fun and support them all. And they never bothered me again because <laughs> I, think, I think as soon as it becomes or feels like work, don't yeah. do it because you do that. Most, or most of us do it most most yeah. of the time, you know. And and um, I find I find it fascinating that that. Um, you know, every time we go to these things, uh, this one person or a group of people are out desperately trying to make us laugh. That's the point. Yeah. And yeah. what is not to love about that? It's so good supporting them. Yeah, exactly. It's a great gift, think? a gift of <laughs> It is, it is. It's, 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 it's brilliant. 
You are probably the only person I know who watches more comedy than I do, which is extraordinary. <laughs> and indeed, I'm getting this correct, you've taken 2023 off work to attend as much comedy as you can. Is yeah. there a reason for this? Because uh, I couldn't do it every night. Put <laughs> <laughs> yourself a fad. Um, I well, I mean, as far as going to a load of comedy is concerned, I go to comedy. I mean, I could say it averages out every night. But if I go to a festival, I might see many, many shows in one day. If I'm a regular day, I might. It might be every other day I'll go and see a show. Um, but why to take time off? Um, I suppose it's because it's now. I've had a lot go on over the last few years, as indeed everybody has. Yeah. Um, but everything kind of sort of just converged to the point where, um, you know, like in the movies when you know, the character is sitting at their desk and they just, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I kind of had one of those moments, you know. <laughs> and um, I thought, you know, you, you spend all of this time uh, watching people on the TV dicking around and you take your job very seriously and then they're sticking around and you look at your job and you look at them and you look at your job and you look at them and you go, I want to hang out with those guys. They're having way more yeah. fun than I yeah. So that's the one thing that's been a constant is, is the laughter, the, the gigs the, and, and seeing all the live comedy and um, laughter's always been the constant, you know. Um, Charlie Chaplin said a day without laughter is a day wasted and, I, you know, what's... Very true. What, what better way to put it? So and I already went to all the festivals so I just thought, why can't I just do that? You know, at least for a year. I might, yeah. if I can do it longer, I will, but the money will run out. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, a, f a friend of mine once said to me, um, he, 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 he was an accountant. Hmm. And he once said, um, I got up one day and uh, I uh, walked to work and I thought to myself, um, why am I doing this? Yeah. And he said, by the time I've got to, to work, if I found out a reason why I want to do this job, um, <laughs> I'll stay. If not, I'll resign. And he got to work, resigned, and became a cartoonist, which is what he always wanted to do. <laughs> and he's having yeah. an absolute blast. And I, I can totally see your point. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like... yeah. It's so joyous to be part of it. I mean, I mean, the last time I, I saw you big time was at the Leicester Comedy Festival, mm. and I'd never spent as long there, and I had the greatest time. It was. Yeah. It, it's just the feeling of being part of something magical, whether it's a comedy show or an yeah. event or a festival or a fringe, and yeah. it's just wonderful you know I I, I I i can't really describe it more than that yeah being a small part of it is i think one of the things I, as you know i volunteer at leicester so yeah. it's a 19 day festival and i'm there throughout uh, i have done for a few years now and it's um it's extraordinary and, and the festival itself is extraordinary it's a beautiful town loads of lovely people all the venues are nice and close together so you can walk very quickly from one show to the next yes exactly. fantastic um <laughs> And I, I see so many shows there. And as a volunteer, I get to participate in a small, in a small way. 
and it's it's lovely to feel just a tiny 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 little cog in the in the great giant machine that is the comedy that's going on there and i like it also i think about when you go to an open mic night or a new material night or something like that because as as the comics will uh, often say you know you're you're a very special part of today because some of these jokes might one day be on live at the Apollo and some of them will never be heard again. And you're, you know, <laughs> you're kind of, you're participating in making that decision by That's laughing thing. or not laughing. You know? yeah. And as, as you say, it's of the moment you go yes. in, you sit in a room and because it's live, you never know what's going to happen. And that's yeah. the magic, you know, it's like, it's like, right. Entertain me. And, and what you were saying about being part of a cog, um, this last particular week, we're recording this in April, the end of April 2023. Um, we just, uh, I saw you last Tuesday for the celebratory show for Downstairs at the King's Head, 40 years. Yes. And I went there again yesterday and I met um, Georgina Sowerby, who works on the, um, she, she normally works on the door, but she was in the big famous mm. room where all the magic happens, where they put the thing, because <laughs> uh, Peter Graham wasn't there. And she sent me a message this morning and she said, it's wonderful being part of a, of a cog in a small mm. machine. Exactly what you've just said. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and it doesn't matter what part you play, mm. um, you know, all the comedians get the recognition for being on the stage, but yeah. there are so many people behind the scenes who are obviously as passionate uh, about the medium as we are yes and that that the do get forgotten about so big 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 thumbs up to them and thank you very much everybody for what you do you know it's 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 an extraordinary medium and long may it continue yeah definitely yeah um so my friend i don't know whether you're like me with a list of every comedian <laughs> you've ever seen which is i think for me rather sad <laughs> can you remember your first ever gig when and where was it uh well no <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you mine <laughs> well okay let me put it another, let me put it another way um so yes i have i have a list i have my spreadsheet as we nerds do um <laughs> And uh, yes, uh, unfortunately, it relies almost entirely on my memory, which is Swiss cheese. Um, so <laughs> you put yourself. I do, have, <laughs> <laughs> I do have okay. So I do have a terrible memory, but the, which is good and bad. But the good side is it means I can watch a show, and then a week later I can watch it again, and I can enjoy it just as much uh, yeah. because I don't really I don't remember the jokes, but I do remember how it made me feel, and uh, you know. The, where there might be lulls or highs or what have you. Yeah, um, yeah so. the, I still laugh at the jokes. They might be, I sort of laugh and then I go, well, that's familiar because I just heard it a week ago, but I still laugh in the right places. You know, it's <laughs> kind of, I get like constant deja vu. Did I already <laughs> mention that? I can't remember. Um, no. <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, it does mean I struggle occasionally to remember details of shows, even if I've just seen them. So I get like memories just appear at random and I go, oh, there's, did I? Is that joke, is that gig on the list? I can't remember. So I'll check, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, and I add another gig in. Um, that said, so I think the first gig that I saw, I think, was um, in 1979. Wow! And that was um, Little and Large. 
Ah, oh, my friend, classic. That was, <laughs> that where, was, um, where was that at? I've, I think it was Torquay. Princess Theatre. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I don't remember it enormously because I was seven. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, the, and of course, um, Eddie Large, Eddie McGuinness, he passed away quite yeah, recently. Um, tragic, which is yeah. tragic. But um, that back then, um, in the late 70s, is, is you I'd seen them on the television and it's I can't emphasize enough what what the TV was back in those days because it's it's quite funny because I was talking to someone like only yesterday and this, and they were saying to their son oh you know this this isn't on at the moment so but I want to watch it now and this this I this mindset of I want to watch it now and I want to watch all of it whereas back then <laughs> There's no internet, you know, there's three channels and <laughs> you watch channels. the TV. <laughs> exactly. You watch the TV and um, you see the show that you want to see, yeah. the comedians or whatever it was. And then you've got to wait a week for the next episode. <laughs> you know, you got to I wait. still do that. I don't bother yeah. with box sets. <laughs> well, there you go. But it's like, if, you want, if you're watching a TV show and there's a cliffhanger, you yeah. can't, you've got to wait a week and then, you know, a week comes around and then they say, oh, you know, this program's been put back a week because, you know, Argentina invaded the Falklands or something like that. And there's a special news bulletin and you go, but what's, what happened on chips? <laughs> I want to know what happened next, you know. So, um, because, so watching comedians on the television um, was all encompassing. You know, it's like it was an event. It was a, you, the Morecambe and Wise Christmas special, the whole family gathered around and yeah. You know, back then, thirty percent, fifty percent of the whole country would watch one show. They go to school the next day, and everyone would be talking about what happened on the Welcome Wise Christmas special because no yeah. one had watched anything else. No. Now it will be say, "Have you watched this top-rated Netflix yeah. series?" And you go, "I've never heard of it. I don't know what you're talking about." Because there Chris, are fifty thousand other things were, to watch. Christmases were ruined if the Markham and Wise show wasn't up to par, and that's pressure. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. People would fight to be guests on it. You know, yeah. It was huge. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So to, to suddenly to go from watching these amazing shows on television, and then to be a child in a in a huge theatre, seeing the the, the idiots on the TV fanning around live in front of you on the stage and then be surrounded by people unified in laughter. Yeah. You know, I'm quite an insular person generally, as you know. So to suddenly be connected to all of these people in unison uh, by laughter was enormous. It's incredible. My, my first ever gig was Les Dawson in Scarborough. Uh, who yep. was just phenomenal. And then a year later, again, a family holiday, we saw Tommy Cooper, just, in, uh, I mean, yeah. amazing. But the one, the uh, talky, uh, uh, infamous uh, um, <laughs> episode for me was when we went to see Tom O'Connor, who was on a par with Little and Large, you know, that yes. sort of, those sort of um, nightclub comics who played all the clubs and built the way up, and then they got the break on TV. Mm. So Tom O'Connor walks on, does starts doing the jokes, and I'm ten year old, and suddenly I start laughing at him and loudly. I mean, really loudly laughing at him. Of course, yeah. And uh, I, I, I didn't realize. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought what the hell's that? And then, and and if he double backed. <laughs> and walked off the stage and came back on and adjusted his tie and 
carried on. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> my God, I've just made him leave the stage. My laugh must be, it must be my laugh. And, and at the end, he gave me a little thumbs up and walked off. And I thought, well, God bless him. So, you know, thank you, Tom, for the laugh. But, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's the magical thing. And I think as well, yeah. um, certainly with my blog, I have all, uh, every single act listed in every single venue I've seen. Yeah. And part of the uh, um, reason why I do the blog is to watch the comics grow. You know, yes. it, uh, um, a classic example is Harry Hill, who I first saw 30 years ago, made it big on TV and is now playing the clubs again, which is amazing because clearly he can't get enough of the comedy. And that's the magic of doing it. And, and to watch them grow and develop is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, yeah. What do you look for when deciding on watching a comedian on stage? Um, I don't look for anything specific. You know, I don't have rules per se. Um, but what I do is I I diarize as many shows as I possibly can. Right. So from from all the different sources, you know, from venues, from people tweeting about the show they're going to be doing, and so on. I put them all in the in my calendar. And then very near the day or even on the day, I go, well, I'm going to go there. This is what I'm in the mood for. That's the show I'm going to do today. Um, I've met some very generous people. Uh, I'd like to think I've made some friends. I don't know if that's what they would say. Um, they're listening to this yeah. now. Say, what well, are you talking more. about? What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I do get a fair few comps. I get discounts. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. I suppose I, I look for people I would rarely be able to see um, or big names playing small rooms, like you said. Um, if they would normally do like a theatre, now they're doing a, a work in progress in a club setting or something like that. I said I go to new material nights. Um, I like to support new comedians. So I do go to people I've not seen before. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's thousands of comedians out there, but now there's, there's people now who uh, have because they have different gender or non-binary, different religions, ethnic backgrounds, sexuality, their voices are now being heard, yeah. um, which means they've got different perspectives and different source material. So I get to see these people as well. There's still a place for cis white men to make knob gags, you know. You... There is there is room for all kinds of comedy and there's audiences for it. So I'm, I'll happily go to a, 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 a themed uh, it might be an all-female night or all-Asian night or LGBT yeah, yeah, yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll happily go to all of them. It's, it's just make me laugh. But I don't plan on what I'm going to see. I'll, I'll write everything down and then on the day or the day before I'll go, I'll, that's, I'm going to go and do that. And I'll get to see new acts that way or um, I'll get to see something exciting. And we t it's about it's finding a moment. It's finding a moment in time. Moments in, in comedy are more important than than any joke yeah i totally agree um so diarizing everything in a particular yeah. week that's what takes the time presumably yeah well because you know i spend a lot of time on the on. bus and say again <laughs> i spend a lot of time on the bus going to gig. <laughs> so you just doom scrolling through you know other people go doom scrolling through instagram stories and i'm scrolling through venue what's on pages and do you, do you do you do all this through the internet, or do you have other other sources or anything like that? It's it's mostly through the internet. That's where yeah. all the information is, and all the yeah. different diverse 
sources to find out. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I do hear now and then people, I'll get sent a, a message or something saying, oh, we're going to be doing this yeah. lineup or, you know, I'm doing my show, come to my show or uh, I'm starting a new night and you'll go down and try and support. I try and support new clubs when they're opening if I can. I mean, I say support. It's just another pair of hands clapping in the back of the room. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. It, um, uh, it's another reason why I do my blog. It's it's not just for the big names. It's supporting all the new up and coming comics. And and the mm. story that comes to mind is um, the uh, history teacher who I used to work for, who's been on this blog, who gave, mm. who is still a history teacher but in a different school. Um, but he became a stand-up comedian and you need a friend when you first start out. And I went along to see him. It must have been 25 times to hear the same five minutes. And even I got bored with that. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so appreciative. Rich, you're laughing in all the right places. It's okay. <laughs> well, I'd be all right because I wouldn't remember. <laughs> exactly. I've never, I've never seen this guy before in my life. <laughs> I could, I, I couldn't have taken my my other mate because uh, he's he's always one. If he's if he's heard a routine before from a comedian, he'll lean over halfway through and go, "I've heard this," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Well, yes, but you appreciate the delivery." And oh. yeah. <laughs> um, I ask this next question to a lot of comedians who have been on mm. this blog, and yes. sometimes they're stumped for an answer. What do you think, having seen so many comedians, makes a good comic? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think the first thing is that a good comedian knows who they are. Um, you know, they talk when you talk about comedians or you talk to comedians, they, they talk about things like being honest. Um, they talk about being an exaggerated version of themselves or being themselves on stage. And I, I think that's, that's true. Um, you talk about what, you know, what you see, what you're familiar with, you know, that's why I don't make jokes about sex. Um, <laughs> you, it's, it's always, it's always good to be inspired by, other people other comedians but you can't be them you got to know who you are and tell your story yeah um even if you're just telling puns or anything that's your personality is to tell those jokes so it's it's just that's who you are be that choose who you are and be that and then i think that's one thing i think also uh, a good comedian will watch themselves perform a lot of times you'll see people with their phones and they'll be recording what they're saying but i think they need to watch themselves as well i think someone else has mentioned this it might have been stella graham i spoke to Mm. Um, it's important to watch yourselves because you don't know what you're doing with your hands or you might be leaning, caressing the microphone stand a little much and it's distracting you know, to an audience if, you're, if you've got all this, all this going on. If I sat here doing this the whole time, that would be... You wouldn't listen to a word I was saying because you'd go, what are you doing with his hands? Presumably it'd get taken away. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm doing it. It's getting away. But, um, you know, that's that's um i think that's important that people watch and they could see how they act yeah. on stage so that's another thing i think that makes a good comedian is to to understand not just understand themselves but understand how they are perceived by visually as well as uh, vocally um another one i think is to understand the mechanics of it um you know you talk about things like the rule of three or callbacks or slow reveal that sort of thing all mm -hmm. of these 
all of these uh, ideas that that we know make comedy work um if you understand them uh, and then the really good comics will be able to take those and and play with them yeah to subvert the rules you know um I've talked to a couple of people about the, you know, there's that Edinburgh trope, the, the hour show, you have to have a sort of a, a pathos moment. It's, it's typically about, the, about 40 minutes in, there'll be a, the sad bit. Oh, you know, something <laughs> bad. Something sad. I think Russell Kane started that. Trend. Um, but it's got, you've got to talk about the sad bit, you know, something sad happened, somebody died or there was a struggle or a challenge. And then, oh, and then after that, you go, oh, but it was all right. There's redemption. <laughs> at the end. And you go, hey, hey. And then, we played, and then we all played football and it was great. And we won. And you go, oh, right. Yes, well done. That was a nice little little moment. It's, um, like, but then, it's, like, it's like writing a letter. If, if, if you yeah. want something in a letter, you start off with something good and then you want what you want and then you come back with something good at the end, you know. So exactly, the, yeah. what you want might be, can I have this? Cause the, and, and, and then you come yeah. back up. So it's positive, negative, positive. It's the same with exactly. comedy. Yeah. yeah, colloquially known as the shit sandwich. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but I've, what I've then seen, I've seen a couple of comedians uh, sort of play with it. I saw one time, I, I, I really can't, remember their names and I wish I could give them credit, but I saw one comic would um, th- through the first 40 minutes, every now and then they go, Oh, 10 minutes to the sad bit now. And then they're like, and then, Oh, now five minutes to go to the sad <laughs> bit. And they're playing with it really on the back of it, you know, and um, another one just started a, a timer at the side of the really? stage, counting really? down 40 minutes. It was there the whole time. And you go, and you're nudging in the audience. Like, hey, hey, it's coming. <laughs> and you're like, it's it's so weird that they take that thing. You oh, you've got to do this. You've got to do this to make it a complete show. It has to have your yeah, pathos yeah, yeah. and the new one, all this. Yeah. And, they, and now people are taking that because you know it's going to happen. You go, well, now let's really blow that up and make a joke out of it. You know? Because uh, if if you were starting out, it's like fives and then tens and then twenties and then an hour. Yes. And to progress from that, you must learn these mechanisms like you've been describing. Yeah. And I, I particularly like your mobile phone analogy about about um, visual humour as well yeah. as listening to yourself because um, the story that comes up uh, um, that I've told you many times was mm-hmm. when we saw Lily Phillips at Two North Down and she, yeah, yeah. she walked on and <laughs> um, uh, 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 put a mobile phone down uh, in front of us because we were sitting yeah. on the front row she grinned at me and she said, I'm going to have a good time tonight. And I think she was referring to your laugh. Or it's probably my laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes. she, she was, and I mean, what a comedian she is. She's, I mean, Lily is, Lily is incredible. Um, yeah. She is completely disarming. I love the fact that her humour is so, well, Filthy, frankly, because <laughs> she's, she comes across so innocent. She's got this right sweetness and innocence. It's like, oh, oh, I'm kind of so sweet, aren't I? And she talks about like throwing menstrual blood across the kitchen and growing her ass. Out. And you're like, going, what? Where, who's saying? Where's this coming from? And I think it's incredible. I mean, she's very, very funny, very, uh, very good comedian. Absolutely, you're so cool. well. I think she's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you have a favourite style of comedian? So, people who tell one-liners or storytellers or nutcases or <laughs> nutcases. Um, Thinking uh, just put... as an example off the top of here. Well, so, yeah. Simply put, no, I don't. 
Um, if you remember, I go to a lot of shows. Like if I'm at Edinburgh, last, last Leicester in 19 days, I saw 78 shows. That's, now, I mean, it's bonkers. Wonderful, but bonkers. <laughs> so I might see six, eight, ten shows in a day, you know. And I'm going to go, I can't, I'm not going to roll up there and say, yeah, I like one-liner comedians, because after the tenth show, my eyes will be bleeding. You know, it'll be incredible. <laughs> I, I saw, one time I saw three clowning acts, one after the other, and they were all excellent in their own right. But that's a long time not to hear any words. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> And they were all great, well, but well, after a while, well. I was going, I need something else, something, anything. So, <laughs> um, um, so if I can go to from a one-liner comic to like, a, I can go to a music act, a storyteller, a clown, a double act, a punster, and so on and on and on. That keeps my day interesting. I'm still seeing comedy all day, but it's all different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I would happily watch Les Dawson and Victoria Wood, Tommy Cooper. They're very different. So what's the difference there? Why wouldn't I watch those? Yeah, 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 yeah. Make me laugh. That's that's all I want. Good answer. It's all about laughing. Um, yeah. If they, uh, that's the number one thing. They've got to make you laugh. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, what's 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 not to love about that? Um, yeah. Have you ever had a go at stand-up comedy? <laughs> and if not, why not? Of course I have. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh well let okay it was what it was let's leave it there um <laughs> tell me the story yeah. oh no 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 no. i tried i tried to stand up a couple of times i recited some other other people's jokes because there was no one else was getting up to do something another time i had to go with a few of my own jokes it was a, you know you you try things out i mean uh, yeah if it wasn't this wasn't for me um never say never maybe one day a lot of comedians are quite i'm quite insular introverted bit shy i know i might not be coming across that but i'm loving this case. this is great yes so, uh, I mean, i'm told a lot of comedians are but you know maybe some people don't start till they're in their 70s so i've got plenty of time <laughs> i am I, I i am exactly the same I've, I've told this story many a time but um i uh, uh had to go once and mm. it was a gong show it couldn't be worse yep. And uh, <laughs> I did this wonderful script. Um, it, it was at the time where I just passed my driving test in Carlisle, and I'm not a very good driver, infamously. I I, um, I I can get from A to B, but as Jasper Carrot used to say, I've seen so many accidents, and not they have never been my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I did this script, walked out with three people in the crowd, mm. and. Uh, the first line was, um, uh, um, uh, people think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And of course, I'm his double. And uh, one old fella in the back just went, fuck off, come me off. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's it. <laughs> and then um, uh, the promoter said, have another go. But I said, no, no. I said, exactly the same as you. I said, never say never again. But I think I've found my calling in the audience. And and, <laughs> and and so it so it is, you know. We've managed to yeah. to um, support and enjoy a medium yeah. without having to do it. So so yeah, I, I, I just think it's wonderful. I was um, um, I was in a band many years ago. I was in a band. Tell um, me about that. There were, I mean, it was a it was a it was kind of it was we did semi funny songs, sort of semi-seriously with a lot there's a lot of prop work involved it was more like a musical sketch group really right um there's i've posted some old photos on my instagram feed um 
and probably shouldn't have done. Uh, but, <laughs> um, and um, the local papers referred to us uh, as um, the Tommy Coopers of pop. And wow. I think I mean, another, one, another one was the Baron Knights of the 90s. That was what we <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers the, the Baron one. Knights. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. But because I was playing, because it was a band, I, there was a lot of props, you know, um, so I had props to hide behind. I had instruments to hide behind. We'd all swap instruments on different, you know, we'd take the guitar and then we'd put the bass guitar or someone played drums or, or, or a, a drum. We didn't have a drum kit, a drum. Um, and, you know, swap around and then there would be a, like a TARDIS on stage and we'd play a Doctor Who song and wow. get in the TARDIS. The tar- and then they'd sort of try and change clothes in the TARDIS, but then the TARDIS would fall over and they'd be lying on the floor in their pads. Wow, you know, is that it was a lot of <laughs> lot of that sort of thing. So it was basically basically everything that went wrong was funny, and everything went wrong. So that so um, it was kind of like the play that goes wrong, but in music. In music, and um, there are uh, YouTube videos uh, of it knocking around more than I would like to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't regret doing it, but I should. Um, the so... uh, the la- the last gig we did, we played the Tromanali film festival which is like an alternative to the berlinale the international film festival the tromanale is like the troma films right like um toxic avenger that sort of thing so tromanale is an alternative film festival that was in berlin uh in 2006 and we played there um and it was on the one hand it was a lot of fun and on the other hand the less said the better um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my last live show but the band is still going i think they started in 1988 and they are still going so i was in mm. with them in the like the, the 90s so. you still go and see them no <laughs> <laughs> would, would you say that because you were in this type of band it's influenced what you do now or it's helped to influence what you do now or is this a completely different it's just it's it's just it was just being another part of being a part of something and being a part yeah. of being fun and funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and it's just it's just another way of being part of that comedy scene, being that, that small cog again. Oh, I'm playing around. I'm doing what the people on the TV are doing. I'm dicking about. Good I just man. like doing the dicking about. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't Good you? <laughs> That's that's great. Uh, <laughs> what is your view of comedy competitions? Do you think they develop a comedian's career? Um, I've spoken to comedians about this on my podcast, and I think you know opinion varies wildly, but I I don't think it yeah. does really. Um, if you if you're in a competition and you win, it's like it's everything. But if you if you don't win, it's either mean meaningless or if you've got like an overdeveloped sense of justice, it's a big slap in the face. And I think I think the only re- the way of doing the I mean doing the competition, the only way it really helps your career is the status accorded to it by the industry. So if yeah. no one cares if you win a gong show, only you care if you win a gong show. But if you win Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year then you might get some attention. Um, yeah. And it's it's a nice thing to put on your Edinburgh poster, you know. Yeah. Um, if you win at Leicester, you're set up for Edinburgh. If you win at Edinburgh, you're on the radar for Live at the Apollo. Then you get more exposure, that sort of thing. And then one day you might get on QI. Imagine that, you know. So, <laughs> but it, it's, it, depends, it depends on the value that other people put on the competition. I, mean, yeah, I don't yeah. think there are many that have the status that, you might think they do entering necessarily. I, th- I think the best thing to, for, for 
the thing about competitions is that it's another gig. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the um the the ones that I've been to, mm. um, many of the comedians that took part, uh, yeah. have carried on. It it's not like um, I'm not go- I'm going to enter this com- this competition, and if I don't win, then that's it. They just keep yeah. carrying on, and as I said at the at the top of the of, of the podcast, yeah. the um, magic for me is to watch them develop. That's 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 a reason, a massive reason why I do this, and yeah. and, and and to see them again and again and again and again and watch them grow is is, is just wonderful. The competition yeah. is only a little tiny part of it. If they're looking, yeah, to I think there's if, so if, many if you win it. It's exactly. There's loads of competitions. If you win competitions, if you win loads of competitions, it's their affirmations. You know, yeah. they're a nod saying there's a few people in the particular room at a particular time who think that you're better than the other people in that room in that moment in time. So you yeah. go, well done you for for that bit. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, but if yeah. you were up against five, six other people, it might have gone differently. And yeah, just because yeah. you won this competition, you go. A, couple of miles down to the next town down the road and it could be a different it's different or just different vote so if they see it as a it's a gig and if i win it it's a slap on the back but then tomorrow is another gig it's it's um uh millican's law isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 you can you can revel in it or dwell on revel in the uh, the reward or, or dwell on the, the horror wasn't but it, only until something, it something like nine o'clock the next day, you know? Yeah, that's it. And then it's over. Still thinking the... about it. Give up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. About yeah. the last one. Um, bearing in mind your uh, memory and your, <laughs> your diary uh, notes, um, to date, what has been your best and worst attended comedy gig? You must have some stories about things <laughs> or, or things that you thought, I've found somebody great here and they've gone on and they've done it. Um, when you say best and worst attended, do you mean that I've attended or the people, the fewest well, people turned if up? You, if you think <laughs> your comedy gig, because I asked this about uh, comedians and their best and worst gigs in their yes. careers. And because you attend so many like me, yeah. have you been in a comedy night where things have gone awfully wrong? Or have you been in a comedy night? So, so for example, I saw yeah. Peter Kay uh, before he was famous in a tiny Manchester club. He was mm. fourth on the bill of five acts. And I missed the fifth act through laughing. And I had to go and <laughs> apologise six months later to the fifth act, who happened to be Dave Gorman. <laughs> I didn't know, but when I said, oh, it's Dave Gorman, oh, my God. So that's yeah. an example. Yeah, it's it really is hard to pick out a best because I keep getting... I keep Everyone seems to usurp the one before. I mean, it might be I saw um, a single comedian do a solo show and I was like, oh, that's the that's just the best show I've ever seen. And then the next night I'll see a mixed bill with a compilation of people who were so great. I go, well, now that's the best one I've ever seen. But it's a different <laughs> show completely. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or like I might see that I mentioned like the clowns. I might have seen um, Julia Masley or someone do a show. 
and I go, that's the best show I've ever seen, but that's a clowning show. And then I go and see the wonderful uh, Adele Cliff do a show, entirely different show. And I go, no, that was brilliant. I love that. And yeah. then I'll go home and I'll put on, you know, a, a, a Tommy Cooper <laughs> special. And I go, now that's the best thing I've ever seen. So it's impossible because it's, it's so it's different. It's all dependence you know? on mood or... Um, exactly. What... Uh, um as uh, as you said before the main reason why you do it is to find the funny from it it's not yeah. it's not you're analyzing different things as you're going along but yeah. it's all dependent on your mood um yeah but in terms of worst gigs i mean the worst attended in terms of the fewest people who the worst gig i've been at i was in so that's you know <laughs> any gig that i've been in was been the worst gig but the worst i mean the What's funny for me is I've been to so many shows where I've been the only one in the audience. Wow. Um, oh, I've, low, never, I've never ever done that. I've done it no, many, that's many times. So they're just playing for um, you. Yeah. I was sometimes I, if I, if I turn up to a show and I'm the only one there, then I'll, I won't be offended if they want to cancel it. And um, why, you know, why would they do it? Um, I saw Edinburgh the last, last year I saw at the Wee Room at the Three Sisters, which holds about 10 people. Yeah, there was two performers performing together, and I was the only one in the room. So, I mean, that is intense because you're in a cupboard with two of them. That's two <laughs> And I like, I say, you know, don't worry, I'll I'll come back another night. It's Edinburgh. You're playing every night. I'll come back another night. But they said, no, we'll do the gig. We'll do it anyway. And they basically did it at at me. They did wow. the show at me, uh, which for someone who normally stands at the back is quite intense. Um, but it was a. It was a lot of fun. They were very young and vigorous. Before I'd say it's um, they, there was the Daft Duo, so it's a new, very young, uh, vigorous comics. Um, Angela Leg and Sarah Paloma, um, who's going to be on my podcast. Um, I've recorded it. She's a wonderful person to talk to. Um, so this this Daft Duo, and it was there was song and dance and stand up and like theatrics. It was very a lot going on. It was very busy, and it was a great show. Um, and at the end, it was a free fringe. So you know i offered them some money and they said no no let's just take a selfie so we took a picture together and that that was oh, it but th that was their payment for the night it was a photo with me what that means to anybody I know <laughs> it. but um but they were really nice they, yeah. They got, yeah but they, someone turned up yeah i'm sure but the thing is the show the show got a lot of excellent feedback it got uh like a four-star review i think um tim vine was complimentary about it so uh, you know, but the show that I saw that that turnout was anomalous, obviously, because they obviously got a lot of feedback. One gig I was at there was uh, quite local to me. I think it was Kingston or Surbiton or something. There were seven comedians on the bill and I was the only audience member. Seven individual stand ups. All new, all names I knew. So they weren't new, new comics. This wasn't a new up and coming. This was the, these were established acts. Yeah. Um, one of them had come from the US to do a few London nights, and this was wow. one of them. Um, and again, I knew who they were, so they were well known enough that from across the pond, I understood, I recognised this comic um, and a bunch of others. And they again, they said, "Oh, let's just do it to each other." And then again, I didn't have a choice but to sit at the front of the room. It was a very big room, and I didn't have a choice but to sit at the front while these seven well, comedians rotated <laughs> around. And again, they will, everyone, oh, that's a comedian, 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 you. So I'll do <laughs> at, at you. And they're like, yep, yep. <laughs> but, yeah. but it was a great night. It was a great night. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah. Again, the I, pressure's off, really, Yeah, in, in a sense. 
I I uh, had an experience at Edinburgh where um, I was with a friend of mine who was a reviewer. He, he was reviewing for the paper. And um, there was three of us in the audience. It was at the, it was a calf. It was a very small venue. I can't, I can't remember where. Um, and I can't even remember the name. Of, honestly, I can't remember the name of the comedian. I wish I could. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he walked out and he went, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there's only three of you here. <laughs> there, was, there was me and my friend and there was a, there was a bloke in the front row. And when I said, he said, there's only three of you here. Thank you very much for coming along. I'll buy you a drink, but, you know, there's no point in performing to three people. And the yeah. bloke in the front row went, no, I've paid my six pound. I want the hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he had to do it. It was like, oh, my God. And he, he got through and he was yeah. brilliant. He was really good. But um, I've, never, it, I've never really been to a bad gig, but I would say... No. I would say if you're going to a mixed bill, a lot of it is dependent on the MC. Um, yes. A lot. Sometimes when I have seen new comedians who I've occasionally thought, you know, you're you're not you're not ready yet. It's fun, but you're not ready. Um, and sometimes you because you don't know until you try it on an audience. Family and friends support is all very nice and well and good, but you know they they it's not always helpful because if yeah. they say, oh yeah, you're great, you're great, you're great. And then yeah. an actual audience of, you know, ticket payers or whatever you, they'll, they'll sit down and go, "What are you doing? This isn't." I think I think I think a comedian has to have a bad gig to develop. Yeah, doubt to doubt, it's all experience. Um, a, a lot of it, is, like I say, a lot of it is the MC because if the MC, their job is to get the audience in the mood and to keep them lifted up, and sometimes yeah. they forget to. They forget the rules, like you know, you, you can't say, "Oh, we're going to have a two acts and then a break," and so yeah. people keep going to the bathroom because they don't know there's a break coming up, or um, they they don't say things like "don't talk during the acts." But the the main thing is they got to get the audience on side and keep them on side as the acts turn. And if the the energy in the room isn't up, then the it, the audience the acts feel it and it reflects on the yeah. performance sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the MC is in a struggle because they got to be there for the whole gig. The the turns can come out, do their ten minutes, and go home. Whereas the <laughs> MC's got to stay for the whole gig and keep reappearing, and they might be getting paid less. So it's not it's even, a thankless task. Even with all the laughter when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But um, it's, it's you, a difficult you, job. Mind you, I will sit in silence if they're not funny. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, um, it is the hardest job, but if you get a really good MC, I mean, I've, I can tell you straight away, uh, Rich Wilson, amazing MC. Um, Alexandra Haddo, incredible yeah. MC. Callie Beaton is fantastic at it. Jamie Allerton is fantastic at it. I mean, they're all excruciatingly different. They, they are from the four corners um, of the compass in terms of how what how they do what they do but they are exemplary mcs and if any of them is running the gig it's always going to be a good night always go. um yeah. you attend a lot of comedy fringe festivals like you said like you said earlier on uh, throughout the year do you have a favorite one and if so why <laughs> um well look i'm sure they're all great in their own right there are <laughs> <laughs> there are there's loads there's loads of them you know there's bath there's buxton there's macfest there's loads and loads of them um 
but often because I live in London a lot of the shows that are going to be there all the work in progress that I'm going to they're going to be a lot closer to me although it is faster I can get to Oxford or Leicester quicker than I can get to up the creek so I'm generally not going to be <laughs> in East London because it's too far away I'd rather go to Brighton yeah. um but you know Jake and Chris who run Hastings they do a great job it's a fantastic festival small but sure to grow uh yeah. Gary and Jed who run the Hull again a couple of great blokes great comedians um as I've said, I volunteer at the Leicester Festival, which is the largest comedy festival in Europe. This year, there were over 800 shows. I mean, it's it's a huge uh, endeavour. And we've both talked to um, Jeff Rowe, who ran it, yeah. started it 30 years ago, just retired this year. Yeah. Um, and I said to him, I think Leicester is the Comedians Festival. And that's the feedback that I've had. Um, but of course, uh, Edinburgh is the the daddy of festivals, the biggest arts festival in the world, and a significant part of that is 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 comedy. This yeah. year, for the first time, I'm going to be at Edinburgh for the whole month. But it's like the fifteenth or sixteenth time I've been since I first went in two thousand and three. Um, the city is gorgeous. Uh, all, pretty much everybody's there. It's great to just to hang out with comedians when they're on the you know between shows. And the Dave Comedy Awards are the big name in getting comedians noticed. So I can't really say much, you know, enough about that. Um, there's always issues with overcrowding. There's always issues with accommodation costs and things like that. But it's still amazing. I'd have to say at the moment, at present, of course I have to say that because I love Edinburgh. And of course I have to say I love Leicester because I volunteered. But that's, that is the honest truth of it. They, at the moment, they are, they are my favourites. But I, I, like I say, um, Hastings I enjoy. I go to Brighton uh, every year. I'll, this year I'll be spending my 51st birthday in Brighton um, in the company of some wonderful comedians. I'm going down to see uh, Stefania Licari, Chelsea Berkby and Aideen McQueen all on one night in one venue. And I'm going to sit there. I'm not going to move. <laughs> and that's how I'm spending my birthday. And they're going to wish you happy birthday. <laughs> well, one would one would hope, but as unlikely. But we'll see. We'll see. But I, uh, you know, I, that, that's how I that's how I enjoy a festival. I'm in. I'm in total agreement. I love Leicester. I'm going to Hastings for the full time, for the yeah. first time, for the whole thing. Um, yeah. I'm going to Brighton twice. Uh, uh, I'm going next weekend. It starts next weekend, and then I'm going uh, slightly further down. And then um, uh, Edinburgh, um, uh, I always said to myself, uh, if I go to this, I will go to this for the rest of my life. And bar missing two of them through the pandemic, uh, my first one was 2005. And normally I go for a week, but um, yeah. uh, they've given me something like six days, which is still enough really <laughs> so it's but, about 50 gigs in six but, of, but of course enough is never enough um, well, uh, yeah. and, uh, um i think i think it's changed edinburgh since i first went um mm. i i love the grunginess of a fringe i i always have i love somewhere <laughs> like um the pub that stays up until five o'clock firebug 5 a.m in the morning at leicester because yep. you go in and it is on purposely grungy or or it feels grungy when you walk in and it's like this. I don't know if it's on purpose, but it certainly is. <laughs> <grungy>. <laughs> well, well, that's how I've, uh, but, but I'm saying that with joy because it's like, yeah. oh, 
this is fantastic. And the nights we had in Leicester with all the comedians that were there in the pubs, I, yeah. I loved every part of it. And certainly mm -hmm. the Pleasance Courtyard, when I first went there, was like that. Um, yeah. Nowadays, through advertising and through um, uh, having sponsored um, uh, cafe vans and beer uh, pub places, it's a wee bit more ad advertising heavy, and I don't know whether that's yeah. a good thing because it yeah. spoils the attraction for me. It's still one of my favourite places in the world. I love to get a pint of Guinness, sit down on a summer's day with the Fringe programme, and some gorgeous girl will come up to me and go, do you recommend the show? That <laughs> <laughs> generally happened, and I nearly fell off my seat. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. When uh, years ago, I can't remember when it was now, but I was about. I guess I was like thirty-five, forty, or something. Anyway, I was in the queue at the stand, waiting to go in, and there was a girl in the queue who decided she wanted to make conversation. I don't know what she what she saw in me that made me think I wanted to judge people. <laughs> Stop but, putting um, yourself down. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's like a. Uh, and she turned around. And she, she goes, um, "Oh, uh, are you uh, are you studying here?" I was like, "What? <laughs> how, how old how old do you think I am?" And she said, like, "I don't know, mid mid twenties." I go, "I fucking love this city." You know, this, <laughs> this thing, it, it, you know, that's. I don't know if it was if she just was poor, had poor eyesight, but or but. <laughs> or maybe it's just it brought me vigorous youth back being in Edinburgh being surrounded by comedy but it's just, I, think that it it. Takes, <laughs> it, it, I think it's probably that yeah yes yeah. definitely <laughs> that's, I, I mean that's the magic of it it's it, it's like you just do not know what is going the, my, my favourite one and this sounds uh, very name droppy but my one of my favourite fringes was when I went back uh, after the pandemic, I think it was, well, it was uh, last year, I think it was, um, 2022. And um, the blog and the podcast were doing some sort of success. And all the comedians, normally I run up to them and go, oh, you were fantastic tonight. You were great tonight. Thank you very much. Can we have a photograph done away? Yeah. Yeah. But literally all the comedians came up and were recognising me and were stopping me. And I was thinking... My God, this is extraordinary. All I do yeah. is sit in the audience and laugh. However, there is so much more because yeah. of our experience of watching them is amazing and they clearly love it and know who we are. So um, yeah. big up, my friend, big up. Um, uh, how do you think comedy has evolved over the last 50 years? Now, there's a um, because I've been watching it for nearly 50 years. Uh, I mean, it's difficult because, yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun now. No. <laughs> I think, okay, first of all, there's, 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 about, there's opinions about what can and can't be said, okay? That will, yeah. Those opinions will always change. But you've got to remember that the, the, the once upon a time, you watch like Keaton and Chaplin doing silent films. They're funny, and they didn't even speak at all little titch just had big shoes you know um yeah and uh, someone walking into a lamppost was funny way before rowan atkinson did it you know so uh, what's evolved i don't think i think what's evolved is is method and opportunity uh rather than than 
it hasn't involved comedically. What's involved is how you can do comedy or who can do comedy. So like um, during the pandemic, you had Zoom. Now, that was a horrible restriction in comedy for most people because it's basically no no work. But it meant that some comedians were had to innovate so they would be they would be using like camera trickery to make the most of that that box on zoom so um i think it was stuart laws i might have mentioned this in my podcast before stuart laws um uh did uh, for the leicester comedy festival that in 2021 which was exclusively online he was doing stand-up sitting in the box like i am now but in the background behind him he was going around the room he'd go into he'd go go out through a door and then come in through the cupboard and like so it was it was was amazing what he'd managed to do or you're like you you could play two characters and do a split screen and be on in two ways at the same time so technologically you could do it and also you can get your comedy scene all around the world places you might not be able to go they can now dial in watch comedy so that's so uh, technologically speaking that's evolved and I think opportunity, because as I mentioned, you know, you, your gender, your sexuality, your ethnicity would have kept you off the stage and the screen for a long time. Um, uh, so they've now got an opportunity. They've got, they can now have their voices heard. Um, and uh, I suppose you, you had, we had in the 80s, they said, oh, well, now we've got alternative comedy. Because you had mainstream stand-up, shows like The Comedians and everything, you had the variety, what have you. And then you had alternative comedy and you had things like The Young Ones and Ben Elton and all of that. And what we have now is not... The the evolution is we now have more alternatives. Yes, yeah, yeah. What an answer. That, that, <laughs> that, that is wonderful. That It's so good because um, you're, you're right about more alternatives. There are so many more ways that... yeah. Comedians rightly express themselves, and uh, with comedy being subjective and uh, a, a space for anyone to get up and say what they want, is yeah. wonderful because that's truly a democratic society, etc., etc., etc. And you know, to get up and say what you want to say who are you to stop me from saying what I want, you know, and, and, and if they can do it in a comedic way, yeah. then it, once you get a laugh and the audience are on your side, you can say whatever you like and you can get your point across to them. Yeah. And I in the age that, of the, 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 the viral. developed so much. Yeah. In the age of now we have the age of the viral with social media and everything. But one joke could be all over the world in minutes. Yeah. 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 You know, and it could be, uh, and it's this thing I said before about being a series of moments. You know, you only need a quick one, one quick moment, and that's your your career could arguably be made, or certainly a door, a very large door, be open. And then mm. we have moments like, um, uh, like we had when when Miles Jupp and Al Murray just appeared at the King's Head, and you're like, oh, wasn't expecting these guys, and then suddenly, that's amazing, yeah. Miles yeah. Jupp hadn't done stand up in about a decade. Al Murray plays big theatres, and then he's you know, in a tiny little basement club and you go, this is fantastic. That's a moment. And, yeah. you know, um, Lee Mack appearing and doing 10 minutes at, in a pub in Kingston on a Milton Jones gig, just turning up. To, that's that a moment. moment. Yeah. Arthur yeah. Smith at the Cambridge Comedy Festival in the pouring rain and inviting the audience up onto the stage out of the rain and singing Hallelujah. That's a moment. <laughs> you know, Who doesn't love Arthur Smith? Who doesn't love Arthur Smith? <laughs> Daphne Fairfax. I mean, that guy. 
deservedly won the uh, Leicester Legend Award. Um, Very much so. Do you have any particular favourite comedians, having seen so many? Is that <laughs> a fair question? It is a lot of fair. I do get asked a lot, and it honestly is it is really, really hard because they are so different, and I've, I've said it already, you know. Yeah. I, I, I could sit here listing names, and the, and the sun would go down, and we'd still be going. I think... Uh, all the classics, obviously, we've mentioned, you know, Les Dawson, Tommy Cooper. I think I have to say Dave Allen, obviously. Um, um, I, I had I had the very great honour and privilege um, of seeing him live at the Strand in 95, I think it was. I and, couldn't um, get it. No, I know. And I, and I will forever, I forever hold that over you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, well, it was a great show. It was amazing. It was amazing. What well, the good news is for you that I really can't remember it. But I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the way it made me feel, and it was. I mean, he was one of my idols. He really would yeah. would, would just challenge. He'd like to challenge, but he was like. Uh, it was also had like, this geniality, this affability, and it was very calm. And then he would build to an explosion of rage, and he would he would work the, the this imaginary props around him. He would use the chair. Everything was, he'd do a prop comedy, then he'd do sketch comedy, then he, and it was just an absolute masterclass, really. Um, but I could go on, I could, if you're looking at comedians now, I mean, I've got a particular affinity for, I've mentioned Adele Cliff, she's just joyous. Uh, Rich Wilson, I mentioned, the MC, who I absolutely love. Um, Aideen McQueen is incredible, very yeah. fiery and passionate. Esmanito, I'm, I'm a bit afraid of her, but she's a magnificent comedian. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lily Phillips, we've mentioned, I could go all day. Michael Odewale, Lauren Patson, William Stone, Fatih Al-Ghori, Tati McLeod, Tony Law, on and on and on it goes. So, not many there. You know, not many. <laughs> so who's my favourite? It's not who's my favourite. It's who, it's who oh, would oh, I love to go and see them. in this instance. Yeah, yeah. No. They're different people. They're they are. different people. And, and as I said before, that's the magic of it with... with... Yes every one of them being able to go at the same medium from a different viewpoint. That's yeah. the originality as well. You know, I think that plays a massive part in it. If the, if, if, if the comedian is original, then your attention is, well, this is a bit off the wall or off kilter or whatever, but yeah. it's, it's, it's wonderful to see how they do it. Um, yeah. Now then, <laughs> do you have any tips for me, developing my <laughs> blog and podcast, having a successful podcast like you did. <laughs> oh, God, I'm no expert. <laughs> <in the UV. laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you what's right for you. I can tell you what I do. And if that is influences you in any way, then God help you. Um, <laughs> I always so, listen to what you have to say. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, I'd say, okay, so... If if I have any rules about what I do, they are minimal. Um, I only interview people I've seen perform, ideally at least an hour. I want to be able to talk to someone and know in my own mind, uh, I have an understanding of what they're trying to say because of the comedian that they are. And it's not, I can't understand the comedian they are if I haven't seen them sufficiently perform. If I've seen them do a 10-minute turn, it's not enough for me because I've, there's there's so much more that they need to express. So I have to have seen a decent amount of their comedy. I always remember the guest is the priority. Um, weirdly, I'm on here today talking to you uh, on your podcast because I don't think anyone wants to hear what I have to say. My guest is the priority. What they I have to say is... I've, I've had a joyous time. <laughs> 
but I always I always try my job I see is as keeping them talking and if if I might point them in a certain direction there might be an anecdote that I'm aware of I want to sort of glean out of them and sometimes yeah. I'll ask it directly but mostly not and if I have an anecdote of my own um I will bring it up if I'm asked or if it's really relevant I'll bring it up but um you know I'm mindful of the fact that if someone listens to one of my episodes hopefully they'll want to listen to others and if I tell the same story I just told somebody else then you know I don't, I don't want them to hear me say the same thing so I, I try and minimize what what I add to it but that that's about it really I don't have a lot of rules I, I do it because I love it and I love the people that I talk to and I admire them and I respect them and I enjoy their comedy um and that's why I do it I want to hear what they have to say and I've been completely enwrapped with the uh, with with everything that they say that is a perfect answer my friend um <laughs> i can i can remember i can't remember the year but i can remember when i first met you in a pub where yes. we had that that infamous story where there was all those comedians on the bill and we yes. just <laughs> sat at the bar doing what we did now just talking comedy for yeah yeah all i night. remember that that was and, the Water Rats at King's Cross. It was. There you go. What, yeah, what year you was go. that? Was that 2021? I think it was 21, yeah. It yeah. was. And, we could um, see the great, amazing lineup of comedians all being brilliant. And then in the bar afterwards, they're all milling around. And you and I sat just <laughs> talking about comedy for the well, rest of the next I few am, hours. I am, I am so delighted that there are other people... Like me, who was who are often say sad. <laughs> I mean, we're not sad. We <laughs> devoted. And it is it is a pleasure, genuinely, to see you uh, going round all these comedy clubs that that we do. And yeah, uh, too, I, I love talking to you about comedy, and I've so much enjoyed this. I, I really <laughs> you are you, you, you are keep doing what you do. Um, is there yeah, anything else you'd like to say before we go? Uh, where people can find um, you, social media, your podcast. So um, the podcast is called Comedy in a Nutshell. Um, and I ask my guests to sum up comedy in a nutshell so they can define what it means to them or or, or how they would describe it. Um, I also do another podcast called True Crime Diary, um, which is basically myself and my friends who talk about a true crime story from history and take the piss out of it. Um, links to both <laughs> of those are on my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, crime is funny. If it was 100 years ago, nobody cares. <laughs> funny. Uh, but... So in my Instagram bio, so my Instagram is at the comedy nerd, the comedy nerd. And uh, <laughs> in my bio in that, you can get links to my podcasts or you can get those obviously wherever you get podcasts they're in all the right places. And if you see me at a gig or at a festival, then come over and say hi. It's quite rare and weird when I get recognized, but it's quite nice. Well, please <laughs> keep doing what you do. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to having a drink with you again soon. And we'll see you uh, definitely at Brighton and Hastings. Sure. And um, uh, as I say, keep doing what you do, my friend, because it's wonderful that we're there supporting <laughs> this wonderful you too. And I'm sick of saying the word wonderful, but I've so much enjoyed it. <laughs> Quite right. It is wonderful. What better word for it? It is. It is. It is. All the best, my friend. And you take care. Take care. See you soon.